This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by... Okay, Google. Kill. Each week are Fog Machine Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, that's me, the foremost expert in scare nonos. Um, we come at you today with a very special theatrical uh, review of Megan. Two liter Coca Cola. Megan, how are you doing today, Fog Machine? <laughs> Doing well. Good. I'm glad that you didn't say the the ad over my speakers because I think I have a, a Google Home speaker oh. that isn't connected to the new Wi-Fi network it, that I set up. Right. And so every once in a while on Zoom calls, it, it goes off. So if I say, okay, Google, what's the weather? <laughs> Please connect to the Wi-Fi or else I cannot kill. Um, hey guys, uh, we're Horror Movie Talk. Uh, you guys should check us out over at HorrorMovieTalk.com. From there, you got links to uh, cool places. Some notable ones are our shop, uh, our Facebook group, which uh, which if you're not familiar with, you should check out. Been having a lot of really cool, funny, um, and touching emotional um, posts over there. It's a nice community of good people who... Uh, have horror movie recommendations and and recommendations for your soul. Um, and then also our Patreon, where you can pay us money to name <laughs> <laughs> to corrupt our souls. Yeah, with no new... filthy lucre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday. Give us a call at six eight two two five three four four six eight. And also want to sorry. Yeah, also yeah. want to plug our YouTube channel. Oh yes, of course. We're at 999 subscribers today, as of this recording. So, gonna have a special recording to you, do today. You could be the one that pushes it over the edge. Yeah. So, you know, and we promise not to let it change us Never. once we monetize YouTube. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. Oil me up, Daddy. Yeah, he'll just Bryce will just finally purchase that vat of baby oil and bathe in it constantly. Um, but that's pretty normal. We'll start out by giving we'll start out this show by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten, one being bad, ten being good, five being average. Um, after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers. Spoil the movie. Um, and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about it. Later in this episode, we will just be doing, you know, good old 
perennial favorite uh, horror movie whores, where we take your voicemail calls, and um, and I think you might have to do that because I don't know that I can do that over my mixer, over my little um, dinky doodle thing. You probably here. can, but we never figured it out. I'll yeah, I should be able to do it. Well, thank you. Um, we went and saw Megan. And we're shown what would happen if you allowed a robot to raise your child. <laughs> also, there was a crazy rich Asian in it. Hey. Hey. Um, we're going to do something a little different than normal. We're not going to play the trailer because every time we do, that uh, that gets us demonetized on YouTube, which is not monetized anyway. But in the future, it might be if one more person subscribes. Um <laughs> So no trailer today. You can look it up on your own. You're a big boy or in there a girl. Um, Megan is still in theaters right now, so you can you know you can go check it out. Came out <clears throat> kind of on the uh, start of the second week of December, so it's not uh, you know and it's it's been doing pretty well. Um, so anyway, here's the synopsis: a hot robotics engineer, which is the start of a sentence I never thought I would say. Um, named Gemma, played by Allison Williams, strikes Paydirt when her sister and brother-in-law die, and she ends up with her orphan niece, Katie. <laughs> now she can finally test her over-engineered killing machine slash toy on an unsuspecting child victim that she is the guardian for, and have no legal ramifications. <laughs> um... Megan is an AI-driven toy-slash-babysitter-slash-baby-slitter. Like what I did there. She is going to be the toy everyone buys this year. That is, if she can convince the archaeologists and the lawyer that Jurassic Park, er, Megan, is safe. Everyone gets more hydraulic death than they bargain for. I believe it's pronounced Mithrigan. Mithrigan. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my review for Mithrigan is that it came with a ton of hype. I've heard so much hype. I was, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, I was like, you know, we can't get to theaters as easily as we could before. Uh, and so I was really like yes, biting we. my, I was really <laughs> biting my nail. Yeah, me. Um, <laughs> biting my nails being like, I'm really missing out. On Megan, I, mean, I feel like everybody's just uh, the world is a buzz with Megan with Regan talk, and um, I gotta tell you, the buzz—it's not doing it any favors, in my opinion. It, well, we... apparently, it went viral on TikTok or something around teenagers because originally it was supposed There's to a be dance a dance in it. Huh? Is, is there's like a dance in it? Could it be the dance? Maybe. I mean, um. Oh man, we'll have to talk about TikTok algorithm on the afterpod. But um, yeah, originally that was supposed to be like a pretty hard R with a lot of gore, but like it went viral with teens, and so they paired it back into a PG thirteen. Um, I don't think it was. I don't know. We can talk about whether that compromise was uh, something that lessened it. I think to a certain extent, probably. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is one of those that I think just took off or it was like a, captured the imagination of the youth. <laughs> and that's why everyone's talking about it. The youth who have never seen Child's Play. 
Um, (laughs) This is the thing. It's like this movie's been done recently. (laughs) Right, yeah. Specifically the Child's Play remake because the Child's Play remake is almost literally this. Yeah, it's it's actually this. Right. um, But, uh, yeah, no, no. I was – last night I was talking to one of our fans over on our Discord, uh, The Desolator, and he was – uh, bemoaning the same thing he was saying the same. he was like i wish they hadn't paired it back to a pg-13 um and i was like oh i didn't even know they did that and he's like yeah kids and uh yeah kids have no place in horror movies except to be absolutely fucking terrified like it should change you as it did me um you know it should really mess you up badly anyway um <clears throat> so my i haven't even gotten into my review Sorry, Mathrigan. Uh Yeah, it came with a ton of hype, probably because it's the high tier status Bloomhouse winter Bloomhouse release, um, which means it it got their full marketing budget. Really got. I've seen a lot of shit about uh, Mathrigan. Uh I can't say it let me down. It wasn't terrible, but it's also not blowing my socks off. This is a, a better than average horror movie with some solid jump scares and a creepy concept that's very similar to Child's Play, as, as we already said. Um, the idea of your child being raised by a robot is scary enough when all you do is plop them down in front of YouTube every day. Hmm. Um, but when you plop them down with a silicone-covered robot that can wink and has opposable digits, it's even scarier. <laughs> 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 you know, <laughs> hey, kid, I've got fingers and they're weird, fat fingers. Um, Mithrigan is a, is scary at times and quite funny as well. Uh, some of the one liners landed perfectly for me, which was a lot of fun. Uh, if you're the kind of person who has a hard time not picking movies apart, Mithrigan is not for you. This is a popcorn munching good time with friends kind of movie. Uh, there was some teens in my movie theater who were giggling and having a great time throughout. This is definitely uh, on the more intense side of that whole experience. But uh, nevertheless, it is definitely a PG-13 movie because the, the gore is implied never ever shown. Um so, yeah, uh, it's got some great moments, but will be forgotten in a year or two, which is, uh, you know, it's a lot better than being forgotten as soon as you walk out of the theater. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be forgotten in a year or two. I think it, it stands on its own, even though it's easy to compare it to Child's Play. Like, I think it is kind of a unique setup in that it's not. I mean, this is like as close to a human, you know, this type of AI has gotten. Usually it's like, like with Child's Play, if you look at it, it's, it's a, obviously just kind of a robot gone haywire. It doesn't really have any real personality that I can remember. I don't know. It's been a while since I saw it, but I, I feel like it's its own thing. And I think I can imagine that it'll have some sequels to it in the coming years and could become a franchise kind of thing. It's so crazy to think of the ways that they would make this into a sequel. Because you're right, it could <clears throat> it could turn into a sequel. It's just the sequels jump the shark so insanely. Like, 
Can you imagine the world in which I don't know. I don't. You know, I I, I you know. Ever, movies are just so crazy now. It's just. Is it so much to ask for a fucking voodoo-inspired doll to be struck by lightning and have the soul of a serial killer implanted in? I'm, where's the simple movies, Bryce? Where are the simple, easy-to-understand-for-my-old-millennial brain? Where I almost Generation X, but not quite brain... Where is where is it? I don't know. Anyway, I give this a very light seven, probably more like a six out of ten. What do you think, Bryce? Yeah, I, I give it a six, like kind of a, a heavy six though, because like I'll admit, I had a good time at the theater. Like it was, it was right. I wasn't looking at my watch, I, and that's good. Yeah, I laughed a couple times. There was a couple mm-hmm. times that it's pretty great. I I think like where it loses a lot of loses a lot of points for me is just the they didn't decide on which on which tone they were going to go for, and they didn't commit to either one. Like, there's two ways I could see you you go about this. Either one, you go full ham and like just real kitschy. Um, and broad you know just make it real broad and focus on the the kills and like the hubris of the you know of the scientist and you know don't worry at all about relationships it's it's all about like just stand in like these are cookie cutter characters that don't act like rational rational people and then the other end of it would be to go realistic with it and have it like have a real emotional human core to it. And it doesn't do either. It it like goes halfway on each of those uh, tones. So it's like whenever Mithrigan is on screen and, and doing her thing, it's pretty broad and it like is pretty hammy. And a lot of, like, I think the screenwriter probably intended it to be a lot more broad, and they tried to make it more natural, and it just comes off as kind of weird or, or bad at times. And then... Yeah, there were some missed opportunities, right? I feel like... And I feel like it could have been due to the editing, right? D- d- to get that PG-13. I mean, they had Ronnie Chang in it, and he's a very funny person he just is i mean and he was he acted well in this he, there was nothing wrong with his part uh necessarily yeah, he was he he did the thing he was supposed to do um but i feel like it was a missed opportunity he could have been he could have been hilarious you know like just let him off the leash a little bit i i think no i mean i blame it on i honestly blame it on the directing and the acting because some of the acting was pretty bad or miscast and the direction was just felt pretty aimless and this is i think this is the first like real you know big budget movie that this director has has had um and so it's on the flip side like the other thing is like they they go kind of hammy in some spots but it's not really sold by everything around it like the plot or around 
Mithrigan. And then, and then sometimes they try to make it like emotional and like, like relationship based and it's always unearned. Like at the very end, um, like, um, who's the, who's the character? Who's the main character's name? Not Mithrigan. Allison Williams character. Gemma. She's like, I love you. I love you so much. And I care for you. And you're like, we have not seen, we have seen no evidence of this or that there has been any evolution in the relationship at all or why she cares about this girl in particular. I mean, like, sure, there's the baseline, but it's that that moment was so unearned. And you're like, yeah, you need to set that up better throughout the movie and show like a growing relationship or concern or like some kind of turning point to where you don't have Gemma just look like kind of an asshole the time, the entire time. <laughs> and that's, that's what's weird because like the script makes Gemma an asshole, but the acting and directing for that part doesn't it's so bland it's like it's such like a a blank slate allison williams like doesn't add anything to it in terms of like what the characters like from it's so weird like watching a movie where you see the movie that the scriptwriter was trying to write and everyone else that's making the movie doesn't get it and so it just seems really off that's why I say I think it has a lot to do with the editing. I, I mean, in the case of Gemma, maybe not. You know, like, that's a pretty glaring oversight. But then again, there's a weird thing happening in entertainment, which might be to, which which might have, like, adult swim to blame, where, you know, like, Everything is just detached now and emotionless and it's kind of creeping into real life a little bit, you know, like this like post-ironic irony that's just um, that just makes things feel so cheap and unearned even in real life, (laughs) you know, where you're just where it used to be the, the realm of Tim and Eric and uh and now it's just now it's like the internet bar none and then also like real life and so to me this movie the the feel of that feel is almost like a, a normal thing now i don't know do you know what i mean see that's the thing is like that's what i feel the script was asking for and they just don't pull it off at all like there's no there's no irony attempted in in the movie. Yeah, I know. But and yet you still get that weird oily feeling, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I condemn it. And and I don't I, I like I honestly don't see how the editing or like cutting it down to PG-13 would be to blame at all because it's like you can't edit out bad acting. Like you can't edit out someone that just doesn't understand what the character is supposed to be or like edit out the aimless direction of like what are we trying to say here you know but uh yeah i'm gonna 
going to come out strong and say, like, I really disliked Allison Williams' performance, and I actually disliked Ronnie Chang's performance as well. I think they're miscast. Or, yeah, just they just did not get great performances out of them. This, we've... um. We've reviewed every uh, gem or every uh, Allison Williams horror movie there is, um, which is Megan, The Perfection, and Get Out. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I I wouldn't disagree with with anything you said. Uh, it's just it's just a trend i feel like i feel like i could blame it on a trend in terms of but but ronnie chang uh like yeah i feel like he was miscast a little bit oh but i won't know you know until the director's cut comes out and i don't watch it and then i just hear the the things that are said about it um anywho yeah no um not nothing nothing to write home about necessarily although on the horror movie talk group on facebook which which is Really a cool place to have discussions about this kind of stuff because everyone's respectful. And if they're not, we kick them to the motherfucking curb and uh, put a put a gypsy curse on them uh, akin to uh, drag me to hell. Um, over there, there's a lot of people who I've seen be like, this is the this is my movie now. You know, like this is it. This is as scary as it can get. You know, there's a conceptual thing that happens. Where you where I mean you put something out into the world and then it's just the world's you know and and uh, for some people you know the scariest thing on earth is Jaws and then there's this other little group of people who are like yeah Jaws was scary but have you seen Piranha and you're like you saw Jaws and they're like Piranhas and <laughs> still and you're like wait what. And so you just can't, you know, and it's not like they're wrong. It's just a hit right for them, you know? So I don't know. It's, if you like Megan, nothing, Methrigan, nothing, nothing's wrong with you. Um, I liked it a little bit. I just, uh, just think Child's Play is, uh, is it, it did it. It did it multiple times, 20 times, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, if you're listening to these commercials, you should know that you don't have to. Uh, you can hop on our Patreon, pay us uh, a couple of ducats a month, just a few, just the cost of a cup of coffee. Um, we'll get you tons of extra digital bonus content, even some HMT stickers and uh, all kinds of cool crap. Head on over there, uh, patreon.com slash horror movie talk. Support us. We put out a free show. Um, we do it for you. We uh, We really like it, but we also... Like being able to, you know, up the quality, get you uh, 4K cameras, um, hopefully here. Fingers crossed, guys, <laughs> um, so that we can uh, so we can keep making you a better thing and entertaining you into the future. To that end, uh, horrormovietalk.com slash shop. We got a couple different designs on shirts. We got a bunch of different designs on stickers. We got coasters. We got all kinds of crazy crap. And they're all made by our resident artist, Dustin Goble, who is a professional artist who is respectful of your sexuality and pronouns. You can contact him at dgobel00, that's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram. Make your artistic dreams come true. 
Give us a call at 682-253-4468 to get on that whores segment. That, uh, that segment. And, uh, and you will hear yourself on a episode of Horror Movie Talk. Um, so, uh, thanks for listening and let's get into spoilers. Spoilers! This is actually going to be a pretty fun one to talk about, I feel like. Just because... <laughs> it's a little late, but I like it. <laughs> I like the... I like the... <laughs> I was I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it. I still I it still works. <laughs> um I the concept here is rife. Right? It's it's thick. I think it does a lot of things good. I'm not going to I'm not going to bag on it too much. Like I think the concept of Megan is great. The anything with the doll is great like how she how she acts and the evolution of that i mean there could be a little tweaks there but for the most part it hits all the marks that it needs to for that specific like villain character to be sold um and has a lot of menace um built in that's not like that happens very naturally versus like okay we're making an evil doll movie how are we going to get to the evil doll like uh, the doll's evil okay moving on <laughs> voodoo uh, serial killer yeah. throw it in there see annabelle or the boy or or the boy too i guess you know any any number of of these like evil doll movies where it's like well look it's the camera zooms in and the doll looks menacing so it's bad it's evil yeah, James Wan actually. I, I I forgot to mention did the story uh, of this. Yeah, the writing. It's not great. It's not great. Um, yeah, James Wan and uh, Akila Cooper. Uh, Akila Cooper wrote the screenplay. I think I'm saying that right. Um, and you might recognize that team from Malignant. They were the the writers of Malignant, and and. That's another one where it's like they Did you didn't like that? fully I can't commit. Remember. You didn't no, like that. I didn't okay. like it. Uh, yeah, me neither. It's another one that didn't fully commit to the tone. It was like, what kind of movie are we making here? Like, it kind of half-assed does a broad, kitschy movie, but doesn't quite pull it off, or like it's just so messy that it's confusing. Um, that one's a little closer to what. I'm talking about probably like the best example would be like, look at reanimator or, you know, one of these, or you like the evil deads, like where it's very broad. It like goes for it and everything around it can have compromises and no one complains because like, who cares? We're, we're here to have fun, you know? Um, but yeah, I really liked, I really liked Megan the the toy and uh yeah it was i mean they do go to painstaking efforts to justify 
the toy, right? Which is okay. So for <laughs> let's let's actually let's this is this is a good place to start. So what is Megan, right? Megan is she's a, a model three android generation android nurse. Thank you. You've cleared it all up. Um, yeah, Megan is a supremely over-engineered android um, that uh, that has all the fucking very, very, very best, like, mechanical uh, uh, servos and gears, like, uh, titanium and fucking ceramics. And, like, this thing is, is... You know, the, the the robot you had in your mind, the futurized robot of the future, chur, chur, you know, like, it is that. It's the thing you see in the lobby of Tokyo business parks, you know, like, it's, it is a, I'm a, you know, it, it is a lifelike android that has AI inside it. How could anybody ever afford or why would this ever be marketed to kids that doesn't make any sense at all right well they go to painstaking effort to kind of try and tie all that together and and the way that goes is they're a toy company and they're they build toys uh this very the start part felt very child's play um they build toys that are forever toy, you know, forever pets. You know, they're they're pets that don't die because it's sad when you lose a technologically t- advanced, more obnoxious Furbies. Right. Um, yeah, and you can feed your fur, you know, and it's it, the interface on these toys is on your iPad, and you feed it and it poops, and it's exactly what you would think a toy like this for kids would be. Well. The engineer who came up with these fucking Furby toys it has a little side quest in her uh, laboratory underneath the Hasbro, uh, you know, in the Hasbro developmental facility where she's also working on Mithrigan. And, uh, and she knows this is going to revolutionize the toy industry. This is the Tesla of uh, kids' toys. People will pay the premium because it is so perfect it is going to change everything it's it's a it will help raise your kids it will help it will be beneficial towards to to your kid okay got it understand that being said why would you give it all of the ability of a killing machine you know (laughs) like why not like i had a note in here that was um, it would be funny if they made another of m- version of Megan that had shitty weak servos instead of hydraulic presses. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, we made it so it was able to draw, you know, pictures of unicorns and play games and play chess and teach kids about hygiene and science. And, and pick up a Toyota Camry. Pick up a Toyota Camry. Um crush entire uh you know dump trucks into a small cube and uh you know things that kids like the things you need around the house (laughs) (laughs) remember trash compactors (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you yeah. remember trash compactors? Whatever happened to that? Well, don't we still need our trash compacted? Why not? You know, that's a really good question. Yeah, my mom's old house had a trash compactor. Yeah, why can't my kick pick? They were always broken. That was probably the fucking thing. Everybody's house who I went to who had a trash compactor, first of all, I was like, oh, you're rich. And then second of all, it was broken. So I couldn't, I've literally, I've been to so many people's houses and I've been like, can I press the button on your trash compactor? And they're like, you can, but it won't do anything. Yeah, I don't know. Ours would break. <laughs> once or twice but it was all i mean it, it always worked and i think like it came down to like you just don't put anything organic in it because i think that just gums it up like it has to be you know pretty clean trash um which now we could just call recycling uh, <laughs> i need that v- badly here i'll tell you what though like it's useful like you look at and especially in my house where absolutely no one has the capacity to push the trash down at all like just no adult there is three doritos empty doritos bags at the bottom making up this much Uh of the fucking space and and everyone's like trash is full oh it's full and then they put like their they you know and they, they drop they drop the thing onto the trash like this they go they don't. Yeah. They don't even set it onto it. They just like from above. They just drop right. it. Oh, oh yeah. My my kids will like look at the trash and it's got the three empty Doritos bags and they're like, oh, it's full. And then they put the banana peel on top of the lid. It's like just no. I can't. I can't stand it. Now Megan is so I need a so I need a trash sense. compactor. Yeah, Megan. we need a Megan to come tr- compact the trash. No, you need a Megan to fucking kill those kids. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> no, those are, those are faulty kids. Yeah, you fucked up. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so that now we have the concept of Megan, but Megan is so completely over engineered. Uh, it's it's laughable. She's she is the Terminator. Is it less than a Tesla? It's like, no, this would not be less than a Maserati. Like, in reality, you would not be able to to buy this Android for anything less than, like, six digits, definitely. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Like yeah, mid six digits. Yeah. You know? Yeah, if you want a T800, that's going to cost you, <laughs> right. for sure. Like, you, Skynet doesn't just get the money to take over the world by just creating shitty prototypes um yeah so so that's the concept of the toy now let's get into the concept of this ludicrous storyline um so so Gemma is the super sexy engineer behind uh Mithrigan. she's also the sister of a gal who was going up mount hood apparently with her kid and her husband and um they were going in, to the Overlook. Yeah, and they as so many of the people. So, so Mount Hood is uh, is a, is the ski the place you go if you want to go skiing, and you're from Portland. Um, so we have some expertise here um, because uh, we both know that area pretty well. Okay, this is a very common occurrence going up to Mount Hood, which is. People are like, 
I'll just drive my two-wheel drive car up the mountain and get in. The, we'll drive on the snow and uh, we don't need chains. And then mm, fishtail around and then fucking die. Like the, this, it's so. And to couple that with the fact that nobody from Portland is very familiar with driving in the snow, unless they're a transplant from somewhere else. Like I've I've literally done this with my family before. <laughs> yes, I've, this is literally. We got to the point where, you know, the road wasn't clear, and it's like, oh, there's still snow on the ground in the mountain. Um, I guess this is where we stop. This town, and like, we weren't even like prepared physically for when we got out of the car. So it was literally like we came up here to play in the snow. I can't walk more than 50 feet without falling on my ass. So I guess we're playing in the snow in this parking lot right here for a little bit. And then we're going to go back home. Not my proudest moment, but it wasn't my idea also in the first place. So, but it goes uh, to prove the point. This is a, this is perhaps the most realistic concept in the whole movie is these unprepared Portland people being like, I can drive in the snow up a mountain. And then just being like, well, we're fucking dead now. <laughs> and it's like, that is how that happens every time. So that's a very true to life thing in that area. Um, yeah. So they, they fucking die. Uh, and their kid who's in the backseat lives also very true to life. Um, uh, uh Unfortunately for the kid and yeah, the- I mean we got to start thinking about what what are the consequences of having really 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 safe child seats. You want your kid to live on without you in you, a car wreck. That's how you get orphans. I mean that's how you get orphans mm-hmm. is buying a current car seat that's not two years old. Well, good news. I just sold my uh, old car seat for fifteen dollars to some family who did not bat an eye. And the, oh, so you're a criminal now? I'm a criminal? Yeah. I sold a seat? Yeah. Like, if it's old, you need to throw it in the trash because it's not safe anymore, David. Oh, it's, uh, it, it didn't even The have plastic action. becomes brittle, it and they just fly out of the window It didn't after, even have, two, after the two-year mark. It didn't even know? have the expiration date on it, Bryce. <laughs> it just said when it was made. I can't, I don't know these things well you know if it's over two years old you you have to throw it away over two years old (laughs) fucking big car seat coming in everyone knows your child can't have one car seat until they are out of a car seat you need to buy at least like three car seats by the time that they're in a booster have you done this no okay of course not i don't know i just you're very convincing in your no, I just scorn. have a wife that bought into this stuff when we were buying car seats. I'm like, why don't we just get a used car seat? She's like, that's not a thing. Do you There's want no such a thing. dead baby? <laughs> yeah, this is the old argument of like, can you win the argument where the uh, your side of the argument is, I'm fine with our child not being as safe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, it's an uphill battle for sure, but uh, I mean, you just go... It's a hill I'm willing to die on. <laughs> well, it's a hill you're willing to it's, let it's your kid hill die on. My children are willing to... I'm willing to <laughs> kill my children on. Right. Um, yeah, so... And then she... So, uh, what's her name? Katie 
is sent over to Allison Williams um, as the the parental guardian, and Gemma, the character, is is not equipped for this in any way. It it would have been so much more uh, un, like it was so strange because G- Gemma's character should have been uh you know Bruce uh a a mildly autistic engineer dude I, I, I wrote know? down the exact same thing I was literally like saying to myself she needs to be way more autistic like this she needs to be portrayed as way more obsessed about her career there are autistic uh women right right it's just you don't you don't see it so much. It just felt it, with it being a mechanical engineer character too. Although that mood makes sense, so I don't know. Maybe this does make plenty of sense, and that maybe that's why. Maybe I'm. Maybe see this is this is what it is. I guess see we're we're finding fault where there is none, David, because the character is autistic, but she's just really really good at masking. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... Actually, but I, I mean, like, I, I wish they would have taken more effort to show her obsession and aloofness other than just kind of being, like, they milk did, toast. They took a little was, bit. They took a little bit of effort to it. When when uh, when they look over at the wall of, of collectible toys in her house and uh, and, the, and the therapist who's there to assess her... Um, her capability in being a, a parent f- to this to this child is there uh the, the therapist is like maybe you guys should just play with some toys and Gemma's like uh, or the kids katie's like the kid is like we don't have any toys except for those up on the wall and those are off limits because those are those are Gemma's collectible like super important toys and and the camera pans over to Gemma and she's like oh you want to play with this we could totally play with the collectible toys yeah and then she like like goes to great effort to like show that i don't care about opening this super collectible box and then she and then as she's rolling this it's a ball but it's a ball that can turn you know transformer ball you know and and as she's rolling it back and forth on the carpet um she just can't fucking help herself she's like you know this ball isn't just a ball it actually turns into and and the therapist is like hey Let's let the child lead this. And she's like, this was, I would, I felt this in my bones. I was like, but it's not how you're supposed to do the thing. We gotta take it apart. Yes, we can play with the ball as a ball. You know, like it was there a little bit. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing where the script has it and like they try to do that, but like, just the she's miscast i think like it it just wasn't a part for allison williams because she can't sell it as like being someone other than just kind of allison williams that sitting there you know like it, it needs a little more spice like i think if if i were to recast it i'd put in um oh a comedian like a like Ronnie Chang? <laughs> no, I do. Oh. oh, shoot! I just I just lost her name. Um, hold on. Like uh, Kristen Wiig? 
Yes, exactly. Kristen was Wiig. that who you were thinking of? Yes, that was exactly who I was thinking of. I was that, thinking, I was thinking of uh, of Kristen Wiig or um, what's that? Uh, what's that lady's? Um, what's that? Kristen one? Bell. Kristen's would would do great in this. No, she's a bigger she's a bigger gal. Who is the gal who I was thinking of? She's she's also in uh, Bridesmaids. Um, oh, um, yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the kind of the physical comedian. Yes, yeah, she she would have been fucking fabulous in this. Yeah, she yeah she would have been good. I mean, someone that's broader, you know, that can sell like high anxiety, you know, distracted, you know, and yeah, Allison Williams just didn't just didn't have it so. This is driving me absolutely bonkers that I can't find the, the late. Oh, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, Melissa that's, McCarthy. That's yeah. who I was thinking of for this. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy would make would make this this role really solid. Um, yeah, I think uh, I want Melissa McCarthy in this role. Actually, now that I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it. Um, anywho, are you are, so? Are you a Melissa McCarthy fan? Like, oh yeah. Are you unapologetic? Yeah, I, I can't stand people that like don't like her because she's so great who doesn't like melissa mccarthy it's crazy to me people are like oh they write it off as like even even like the quote-unquote bad movies like the heat or um what was that other movie the the movie where she was a superhero with that other black actress like they're great she's so funny she's so good in it she can she can take any i mean she can take most things and, and make them very, very fun. She's she has a just a phenomenal sense of humor. That's I mean, it's dude. Just a, sorry, this is an aside. I, mm. uh, I was so aggravated last night. I was on TikTok mm. and <laughs> okay. um, there was a clip of Anthony Jeselnik, and I know you really like Anthony Jeselnik. I, I love him. Yeah, he's and I maybe the best. I think he's very funny, but I I hate him. You know? uh, that's good. That's because perfect. That's, that's, that's how you're point. supposed to. That's feel, exactly yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and I'm like, it's brilliant. No, but I can see past it. I'm like, no, I don't like that. This is, anyways. So he has this. He had this bit where he told a joke as himself, and then he told the same joke as Dane Cook. <laughs> uh huh. And it was. I mean, it was funny. Like and. He was relatively accurate with Dane Cook, you know. Um, I don't know why it's relevant at this point to shit on Dane Cook. I mean, it's not like he's the force that he was in the early 2000s. But, like, and then, like, all the comments were like, well, some of some of them were like, I actually kind of like the Dane Cook part. And they're like, no, you don't understand. He was making fun of him. I'm like, and then, okay, sorry, this is the comment that, that bothered me most. is like, um, it said, physical comedy is for simpletons. I'm like, are you, it's such a weird gatekeeping thing to, Dude, to say. Dude, if, that... if you can pull off physical comedy, that's, I mean, that's probably the hardest thing to do. Like, right? Because, because it is so, it is so hard to pull off. You know, it's, it's a it's a once in a generation yeah. thing to have a great physical comedian, mm-hmm. and like 
to say that Dane Cook to say that Dane Cook isn't funny when he's got like auditoriums filled with people laughing at him mugging on stage. It's like, no, that that is the joke. You're laughing at this guy doing physical comedy and the physical comedy is funny. So just like get over yourself. It's like if the if the you know rubric for whether something's funny or not is how funny intelligent people think it is like okay well i guess uh dennis miller is the funniest comic in the world it's like and then the funniest the people with the best sense of humor are the people that never laugh because they get everything and they're cb on it it's like all right yeah i mean well it's all it's all a taste thing and it's all it's it's weird to have gatekeeping uh on any of it because it's all you know like like for example, like I used to, I th- used to think, uh, uh, who is that fella? I fucking, god damn, it, I can't remember his goddamn name now. Um, he's a black, he's a black comedian. I sent you a clip of him earlier, and I've been watching so much more of his stuff. Oh, Cat Williams. Cat Williams. I used to bag on Cat Williams and and, and be like, yeah, it's a it's a tone sort of. Th- it's not for me. I started watching it recently. Cat Williams a lot more recently. He, I mean. He's definitely a lane, but it is the things he's able to do are fucking insane. Like the dude, the dude is just pure funny. Like he's just pure fucking funny. Is he the smartest comedian on the face of the planet? No, but he's way, way funny. Like he is crushingly funny in his ability to just look at something, take it, tweak it a little bit and be like, how about now? And you're like, whoa, like. It's just and it and it is a big showmanship thing, you know. You will never find a bigger showman than that guy than him and Dane Cook, you know, maybe are up there, you know, I mean, Jim Carrey obviously. Like. Um yeah, I mean, I really respect what other comedians like when they Here's here's the thing that I I watched recently. Bill Burr was on um another podcast. I forget the name of the of the guy. Yeah, we're way off. But like Bill Burr was basically saying like people back in the the nineties were like or you know early two thousands were basically like if you moved on stage it was too much like you're not a real stand up unless you're literally standing still like the and it's like and and it was so refreshing to hear Bill Burr be like yeah I'd see Care Top Care Top's hilarious you know. Like these these people that like get bagged on, they're like, they're funny. You laugh at them because they're good at what they do, and it's not. You don't have to like have this narrow view of. Anyway, let's get back to Mithrigan. No, it's a good point. It is a good point, and that's and that's kind of the way it is with these horror movies. You know, it's it's like yeah, what's scary to you? You know, some people saw friday the 13th and were horrified you know genuinely genuinely terrified and other people saw it and it was nothing or it was just silly or it was you know so i mean basically what we do here is a little bit of a joke um but you know how our tastes are so you can gauge how you think you'll react to megan based on you know how what our tastes are versus yours so like one of the the one of the pitfalls of them not really going all in on this character being like autistic or being like Gemma's character aloof yeah is that we're not really 
it's such a missed opportunity for the setup of um Megan being basically the main caregiver of Katie cuz like <laughs> it it kind of goes over that moment but it's not sold well enough where it's um they inter- she introduces Megan and it's like yeah she's a she's a playmate and they have a good time but also she teaches about science and hygiene and all the things that you the parent is tired of asking the child to do and and the joke or like the the funny thing would be showing Allison Williams like just completely incapable of of like having the patience to do this with Katie. Like there, there should have been a couple scenes where it was like, I mean, they did the, the coaster on the table thing. Um, but like having a couple more bits of like, you know, asking Katie to flush the toilet and then looking at Megan and then back at the toilet and, back at Megan back to the toilet and then like having a scene where it's like Megan hey why don't you flush the fucking toilet <laughs> you know <laughs> that was by the way that scene went a long way in selling this movie to me right because <laughs> you do not realize how real it is my yes, kids just specifically shit, just shit in the toilet <laughs> and walk away they just shit and walk away. It's <laughs> Bryce's kids. I thought they were animals for a long time because my kids are younger than Bryce's kids. So my kids weren't shitting in the toilet yet. I mean, and, at the and point I would go that... over to Bryce's house and there'd be turds <laughs> everywhere. And I, and I'd be like, what is this with your animal kids? And Bryce is like, I just can't get them to do it. And I was like, you weak, you look at you. And then I get, uh-huh. and then my kids start shitting in the toilet and walking away. And I'm like, what will it take? What? <laughs> Well, see, that, that's the thing is, like, by that time, you're so over the moon that they're shitting in the you're toilet. You're just happy that they shat in the toilet. You could, you can forgive the fact that your house smells like shit because there's open air shit in that <laughs> toilet. <laughs> so, like, this, th- th- that was the other thing that, like, reduced the believability for me is that the the second time that your Android companion would ask you to wash your hands and flush the toilet the kid would just walk by the android just be like eh uh that's another that's another ipad that i won't yeah. pay attention to or will accordingly so but yeah i wish they would have like set that up as like no this was the thing that that gemma unlocked specifically because she's negligent as a parent like it it sh- because they presented as this was always the intention this was always the intention that this was going to be basically a parent for the kid and not just a plaything. And so that, that was a, a big beef for me. Um, but once you get past that, like it's great. And, and like, I, I give it credit for kind of the psychological aspect of it, of, of the psychologist saying like, Hey, the, there's a thing called attachment theory. And what you're doing is you're having your, your little girl attached to this piece of technology and become super dependent on it. It's like, you know, having an iPad on steroids. And 
it's also very accurate in its depiction of a child not being able to use the technology that they're dependent on. Like, you want to see how a child acts after you take away their iPad that you use as a crutch, you know, to, you know, get getting an hour or two of being able to do something else other than constantly answer children's questions. Well, take away the iPad and then just you'll just hear the biggest fits. So it's it, it is a really good analogy for reliance on technology as a parent to you know to watch your kids. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> but let's get into let's get into a little bit of how this movie uh plays out. So it's kind of a it's kind of it's one of these things where it starts a little alarming and then it just ramps it up, right? So <laughs> First of all, Megan just looks off, right? The design on Megan is very appropriate, right? There's a little bit of an un- there's a lot of an uncanny valley thing going on here, which is when something looks human but off, there's a thing that your brain does and I think they call it the uncanny valley. And uh and it's uh, it's just a hump that your head can't get over. Um which is to say that thing looks like me a little bit, but there's something off. If you were to watch that Tom Hanks movie about Christmas, uh, the then the you would Polar know Express. the Polar Express. You would know exactly what I mean. Um, yeah. The other thing is like I feel like they went to the designer asked Gemma like what What are you wanting the designer like What do you want Megan to look like? And Gemma just goes a hundred percent mean girl like. A hundred percent. And that's like what comes off is mean girl. Yeah. It's a lot of weird implications with this whole thing because it completely sidesteps the other very obvious market for Android, you know, silicon Android girls. Go on. Maids. (laughs) Right. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, there's so, a lot of societal problems that could be solved with a uh, with a uh, young the child soft touch soft touch android. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah, cleaning up all that gross stuff. Yeah, like rescue operations. They can fit in you know little pipes. Kids, um, your father's gonna be just fine. Okay, everybody, put on your corpse handling gloves. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a lot of weird things uh, that. They what just... other things could it be useful for? Societal problems that could be solved with, you know, Run, boy! just a young girl that would do anything for you. A young girl. Yeah, I mean they don't have Probably to be take young. care of pets. Ew! You know? I don't like where this is going. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, it's <clears throat> if you had if you had the ability to to make a small in stature one, you have the ability to make a full stature one. Well, yeah, but I think the sequel to Megan should explore who's going to buy a Megan doll. Mm. Really oh, that question. is a that's the actual horror movie, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. What's more disturbing? Yeah. Oh, oh so. Megan. Yeah. Or so fucked up. The 20 year old bachelor. Yeah. Is a Megan doll. The first. Right. The, the first movie is Megan, and the second movie is just literally Human Centipede 2. <laughs> it's the guy from Human Centipede 2 buying a Megan doll. And, be, and, and everybody just being like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it will get weird and horrible. That's yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. That's what they should do with this uh, this IP. Bloomhouse would never do that though. They're. I mean, why not though? Like, if you want to, if you want to push the horror genre, if you want to push it and be like, let's really disturb people. Like, there's one area that's the most disturbing part of humanity, and it's incels yeah yeah no um you're yeah no you're definitely right that idea that you had you and um and hey, i'm uh, just a problem solver i see i see you know <laughs> problems that need solutions right That's why um, i came yeah. up with a. um did i ever tell you my idea for uh terminal cancer high <laughs> No. Um, so I had an idea of like, how do we solve the problem of school shootings? And like, they're going to happen. Like you got to. And what they really want is notoriety. They want people to talk about them. And so I say, create a reality TV show where you, where you populate an entire high school with uh kids that have terminal diseases they're going to die and and then you just like kind of have an open invitation for any school shooters to come shoot up this school and i know what you're thinking that's that's terrible it's a very secure school like it's not easy like there's guards like and everything but like it's like a hard level yeah, it's a hard level. So, I mean, if you want notoriety, it's it'll be like this thing where, like, a school shooting happens at a regular school, and they're like, uh, who the fuck cares? Like, they didn't even try for ter- terminal velocity, terminal uh, cancer high. Like, so they, like, who cares about them? The, the, guy, the school shooters that go after terminal cancer high, they are, like, the notable evil people you know and uh and yeah i think like and then the other thing is that you can pay all the kids you know medical bills that are going to school from the proceeds of the advertising everyone wins everyone wins right and it's less of a tragedy because if anyone does get killed they're already going to die this is like an actual trauma movie I think this is a trauma movie. You know what I I'm mean? I'm just saying, I like to solve problems, you know? Well, that's a, there it is. If, if Vote we for had, Bryce Hansen for U.S. Senate. I got to say, man, there's been a lot of moments where I thought that would be the actual undoing of horror movie talk. But I think this is definitively the moment um, that we can point to and say, I think they went, I think they jumped the shark right here. Uh, I'll mark it with a clip. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, okay, so the design of Megan is 
perfect for being alarming. And there's a couple moments that that are great in the movie where like Katie and Megan will be in the backseat of the car and they're getting to like the summer camp or whatever the fuck it is. And the camp counselor is like there and she's like, Hey, Katie, great to see you. Happy to have you at the summer camp. Who's this? Is this your friend? And she like ducks down to see the face. And she's like, holy shit. Like, like, oh, whoa. Like, woo. Uh, it's hard to look at you. Uh, and uh, and every time something like that happened, it was it was it was great. And yeah. uh, and I anytime someone it. acknowledges that it's the creepiest thing in the world, it works. And anytime that people were like, that's a doll and they're like interested in like yeah that's not how people would react or or whatever i don't know right yeah yeah as far as like the the uh progression of the megan character like i feel like it was pretty cookie cutter like it had the three moments that you need in every movie of an android turning evil which is uh have them have a computational error and that's where like that that was a great scene where Megan like researched death <laughs> and that felt very adult swim. That was like totally uh, what it reminded me of. Let me, let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, this one. So Teddy, I don't know why my name is Alan. Hello. My name is Teddy. I was created to be an exact digital backup of Alan Resnick. My purpose is to replace Alan Resnick at the time of his death. Thank you. Well, that's true, Teddy, but you're also here to help me explain my force. Anyways, like if you've if you've watched that, um, you know, infomercial thing from Adult Swim, like it's it's like the the androids trying to comprehend existence, and so like when you see Megan like researching death, and you're like, uh oh. This is not good. And then the next step is, of course, kill an animal. Like, that's like, okay, it's bad, but, like, it's just more disturbing. It's the same, like, steps that a serial killer would go through. You kill an animal first, and then you kill a small human. <laughs> then you work your way up. And it goes up and towards more of a rampage. And then, of course, turning up on your creator. Like, that's... Those are the four points that you have to hit in in this movie, and it just is a does those. So I wish that was one thing, and I think this is one of the things that you can point to of the PG thirteen edit being detrimental is is that I feel if they went hard R, there's probably more kills, there's probably more disturbing scenes or versions of scenes that that make it better. Yeah, there's a few moments of violence that stand out in this where they go for disturbing, but it's just not quite pulled off. Right. Like, uh, so at that summer camp, there's a bully obviously, and he's pushing chestnuts, uh, where they don't belong. You know, he's, he like, you know, chestnut is pokey. And so he, he's paired up with, uh, Katie and, uh, and, and Megan is, you know, watching 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 this this bully and the bully takes a chestnut and he, he pushes it into katie's hand and katie's like ow my hand the chestnuts are pointy and he's like yeah that's the point i was trying to hurt you i am a bully 
Um, and then, and then Megan, you know, comes to the rescue and pulls on his ear. And this is an effect that you see more and more now where they'll take a, a, a silicon, a silicone prosthetic and tape it to you, uh, and then pull it, stretch it a lot. I can't remember the other movies that I've seen recently that do this, but there's a decent amount of them. But in this one, you can see the light behind his, you know, the effect just isn't done well, um, because you can, you can see that it's silicon. Yeah. That's Uh, not how skin works. Right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a definitely, it's a disturbing concept of violence, but it's, it's not pulled off visually very well. Um, but there, but there are other parts that are pulled off really well. Like Megan, generally speaking, like her appearance is alarming because it's, it's a little person in with a, with a masks make you creepy, you know? And, and, uh, and when she dances around, that's fucking horrifying. <laughs> that, was, that was probably one of the greatest scenes when she's dancing around before attacking the CEO. That was great. The The thing that they didn't pull off super well was the galloping. I was like, we've had so much better galloping of monsters and and stuff on screen. Like, I'm surprised it looks so bad. Well, yeah, you can't, but, but, you know, what they, what they lose in the galloping, they make up for in the weird fat fingers. Those fingers were, every time I saw them, I was like, oh, ooh, those are really alarming digits. Um, yeah, I didn't like those, uh, I didn't like the fingers, but. <laughs> I like to see the arms. I did like to see the arms. Um, yeah, it was, whoa, where'd you go? Oh, there you are. What are you I doing? I just want to. I want to touch your fingers. I want to hold her hand. I want to hold your hand. Oh, now YouTube's gonna get us. Um, there's some real clumsy uh, e- effort in this movie to, uh, to. Uh, <laughs> there it is. That's the actual effect. Wow, you did it. Okay, so if anybody's not on YouTube. YouTube. What up, YouTube? YouTube. What up? This uh, Bryce has on the screen right now the actual silicone ear effect that uh, doesn't work for me. And you'll see why. Because it's a still image and uh, and it's just it's just absurd. Um, But uh, yeah, in the end, this movie turned out to just be a reskinning of signs. Yeah. How so? Swing away, Meryl. Water was the answer, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, for a second. Well, eh. swing away. Everything comes back to signs. Everything just comes back. And signs is a reskinning of of uh, what it is. You know, what is it? Uh, the War of the Worlds. Uh, yeah, So everything just comes back to War of the Worlds, I suppose. It's probably well. The original would be the uh, what was that the Greek play that was the origin of Deus Ex, Deus Ex Machina. Machina. No, no, they're not talking. There's, there's like, yeah. When we talk about, do you, you've heard of that term, right? Deus ex machina, or oh, yeah. God in the machine. Yeah, yeah. It's God literally the, the end of this play was God comes down and saves everything in the form of this like machine that comes down. So, anyways, yeah. Um, 
the ending was was pretty great. I, I, I like your note here. Be funny if they made another version of Megan that just had weak, shitty servos instead of hydraulic presses. I think that's kind of like what makes Child's Play so charming is that you know they can just punt him any time they want. Like that that's always the default, and you want like internally like well just punt him away. Like he can't get you if you just pick him up and punt him like a football. It's also what's so creepy about Chucky is he hides under beds and shit <laughs> right. with a knife and slices your Achilles tendon. You know, there's there's he uh, realizes his. Yeah. So there's that. But there's also just the frustration of no one ever does. Right. Like the filmmakers specifically make it so no one just kicks him away. It's right. Like, no, they've always got to either have the character make the wrong decision or have Chucky circumnavigate that threat. Um, yeah, but this one, it's like, no, she could literally like probably throw a car at you if in this world. It's too, it's too powerful. It's too much. But, uh, you know, they, they end up, they they figure it out. Um, anything else? Yeah, I will say this. I'm going to, I'm going to throw in a, a little, um, so we've been over on the Patreon. We've been, um, working real hard. Uh, for almost two years now on the pretentious reviews. Um, the pretentious reviews are reviews that are available only on Patreon. Uh, we have almost 24 of those and, uh, and I'd like to go down that list real quick. Um, from, from beginning to end. So these are old to new. Uh, we've reviewed, and the, the, these won't come out on the Horror Movie Talk uh, regular feed. So these are reviews on, you can only listen to over on Patreon. We got Basket Case from early 80s. We got Dead Alive slash Brain Dead um, from the early 90s. Cabin in the Woods, Army of the Dead, Greenland, Ghoulies, House. Um, you got The Void, Don't Look Now. The Last House on the Left from 72. You have Psycho, uh, Cemetery Man from 94, which is crazy. Uh, Cat People from 1942. The Vanishing, which is one of the most haunting movies I've ever seen. Uh, Mad God. You got Goodnight Mommy. Uh, The Blood Splattered Bride, which is a lesbian-ish kind of vampire movie from the 70s. Eyes Without a Face. They Look Like People, Videodrome, The Fly from 58, and today we are reviewing uh, Repulsion from 1965, which is a Roman Polanski movie that, for being a a movie from the 60s, is insane. Do you Um, think Roman Polanski would like Megan? I bet Roman Polanski would actually fucking love (laughs) Megan. Yeah, I I can say that with certainty. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there and a lot of like, I don't know, my, my default for picking movies for the pretentious reviews are like, what's literally would people think would be pretentious if we put it out on the regular. So a lot of criterion collection selections or older movies, but some real hard hitters in there. I mean, the fact that we put psycho up as a, as a kind of a gated review i feel a little bit bad about but hey it's not that expensive 
you know? I mean, yeah, like I like I said, The Vanishing lives in my head. It just lives. I just think about that movie all the time. I it's a, it's unfortunate that I've seen it from 1988. I because I don't know that any movie will ever live up to that again. Like it was such a such a weird ride. It was so crazy. Anyway, uh, anyway. What about so, cat people? <laughs> cat people uh, had one of the, like the first jump scares, and Megan has a lot of jump scares that are actually pretty good. We never talked about that, but pretty good jump scares of Megan, and I, I was impressed. Um, so yeah, check out Megan if you're into this kind of thing. Um, it's the new hot thing. Um, I will also say that uh, that uh, uh, what's her face Gemma tries to use hedge trimmer a hedge uh, trimmer to kill Megan. And that's maybe the most maddening tool ever created for a number of reasons. It's you can't, you, it, it's just not a good killing tool. Just not, it's, it's a good, like general light maiming tool. I had to use hedge trimmers a lot in one of my jobs for years and years. And it was, it was maddening because they're just, they never work quite. They never, they're like a in-between tool. They do one thing pretty good, but everything else that you want to use them to, you know, kill people with, it's just going to, it's not good. Anyway, um, well, let's now get into the next part of the show, which is horror movie. Danny DeVito seems like the kind of person who has a thick but <laughs> short penis. <laughs> This is really more of a factoid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Norm. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Rip. Rip in peace. Okay. Where did we leave off? Um, I guess we're, we're, I the think one, we're last at one was December 30th, uh, Beyond the Grave. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Hey, this is from Beyond the Grave. I'm sicky, so this could be my last call from my deathbed. Oh, no. But, um, who called in about Tito? And they said it was, you're not pronouncing the French right, but they should say Tito, Tito, that movie. Tatan. But what you guys were talking about, about how that whole firefighter shirtless dance scene felt like it was like a women's point of view about how they would think men would act. I think this is a real testament to showing that you guys aren't really bros because I feel like actual bros would just be like, yeah, that's just a normal like Friday night with me and the boys. I don't think you understand how gay straight men are. Like, are you kidding me? I feel like I've, I've seen that. It, IRL. And I'm like, yep, sounds typical of me. Oh, God. I think this is my last breath. Let me see if I can get one more out before it's the end and I take the long dirt nap. Oh. <sighs> Ooh. 
you beyond the grave yeah so here's my response to that i think beyond the grave has said on the show before that he is gay like i i gotta so i'm gonna contend with this yes uh you get a bunch of you get a bunch of straight men in a room it's gonna get you get a bunch of straight bros in a room it's gonna get pretty gay but it's gonna be like a lot of sexual tension kind of gay. Like they're never going to go all the way. You know, it's not going to, they'll never feel secure. And they're trying to make other people feel insecure about doing gay stuff. No, I definitely, a lot of like reaching up legs and like, Oh yeah, no, I I've definitely, uh, taken part in this kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, but it's not gay chicken is gay. Chicken is some of the most fun you can ever have. Um, gay chicken is the straightest game you could possibly play. Yeah, and that's a weird sort of that's a weird sort of thing to say a little bit, isn't it? Right. Hmm. Well, see, that's the difference is that that's not gay because gay people don't play gay chicken. No, yeah, they just fuck. Yeah, they just pull down their pants and start yeah. going to town. Mm. Wow! So, Whoa! Big insights on horror movie time. <laughs> so when you have a fire uh station full of men that just start taking off their shirts and dancing that's real gay that's like gay guys would do that straight guys would do that to make each other feel uncomfortable yeah there'd be a lot of laughing like there'd be a lot of steve-o in the background There'd be one guy doing uh, the majority of the dancing and dancing right up on the other guys mm-hmm. that are still fully clothed like, and like laughing. It. Yeah, Michael, don't. They're laughing, but they kind of like it because they're they have a close relationship and camaraderie. But they would never consummate it. It's really kind of one of the saddest phenomenon if you think about it. Is that just straight men just having as close to romantic love as you can have but you can never consummate it it's like a victorian tale really you know maybe we should do gay chicken on the show more right give me- <laughs> give the people what they want yeah. well it's just bryce oil me up daddy <laughs> oil me up daddy i'm coming time. in and i'm a little soup boy chompa chompa <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I don't know, you know, like, so, okay, so if you were gay, um, what would be your lane, you know, like, uh, what would be your taste? I feel in, like I'd, I'd have a real, well, I mean, bears, obviously. Oh, really? Like, hairy, I've, big, big, hairy guys. I mean, isn't that, I feel like that's the only option for me. Like, I'm so intimidated by oh, no, dude, gay culture where you'd have to, I feel like I'd have to. You're intimidated by gay culture? Yeah, dude, they, so they really they really care about their appearance and like being in shape, you know. Well, a certain lane. I'm just saying. No, you're and right. And then there's then there's the bears like that. I there's nothing more life changing for my perspective of the world than after seeing um what was that what was that show that you sent me? Yeah, that was a great show. Uh oh, what's it called? Gay No Borders Bear or something Vice. like that. Here. Let's just find it. Um Oh yeah, B- Balls Deep is the name of the Balls show. Balls Deep. Yeah. Yeah, there's 
And it's that name, the name, which is a little on the nose for this episode in particular. Yeah. The the name of this episode is called bears, by the way. Yeah. So this guy is basically kind of a version of Louis Thoreau, uh, or, um, um, what's his name? Andrew Callahan, where it's, he's a real blank slate, but he goes to this festival (laughs) in like, where was it? New Jersey or something. I think it was was like like Maryland or Massachusetts. It was gay bears, and he was just like, it's all just burly or like kind of fat, hairy guys that are all gay, and they're like just really accepting of each other and and their own bodies. They're like, you're more of an otter. You know, you're more of an otter. And he's like, why is that? And they're like, because you're small and sleek, you know? And I was just like, okay. I'm learning. I, I, I implore you, go find it on YouTube because it's fascinating and then the part where he he goes under the boardwalk i'll never forget i'll never forget when he goes under the boardwalk at night and he and you just hear and you and like smoking sounds and And he comes out comes out white as a sheet his face is just like oh my god what has happened he's like the smells there was so much it just smelled like poop and like (laughs) good lord oh wow yeah, no. Okay, so you think it'd be kind of a bear thing? Yeah, I feel like that would be where I'd get most of my play. I mean, well, no. I mean, you are you would be a bear, but uh right. I y- would be a bear. You you would attract who knows what you would attract. Yeah, who knows who I'd attract. You See, never and know. See, this I'm... is the thing. When we when we went to I'll never forget this. When we went to go see before the show had ever started, we would go see movies occasionally together, and we went to go see uh, Ready Player One, and it was a pretty full theater. And you and I walked in, and uh, we're s- s- sitting. We're gonna we're sitting down, and I tried to sit in the seat right next to you. And he's like, "This," and you go, "No, I will not make out with you." Or you're like, "This isn't a date." <laughs> like, did you think this was a date or something like that? And I was just like, mortified. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I just, I just want to. I don't know. Maybe maybe my other friends are just all naturally way more introverts than you because it's just it was astounding to me that you wouldn't put a buffer seat in between. I'm like what is this? Who are you? Well, but then you said you claim this 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 introvert title and then you out loud in a crowded theater say, "No, I will not make out with you." And I was like, "Ah!" Um, it was horrible. It was, I've never been so mortified in my entire life. Um, See, that's, that's how we know we're straight because I would, I would make that a thing. Well, I know I'm straight because I, I, uh, because I, I am. Right. You know, jury's still at, so, I mean, maybe we should just put it to the listeners, like listeners, viewers, if we have any gay men out there listening and watching us um i'm sure there's like three like are we your type like who who would be my type and who would be david's type well you have to pick no no you have to pick i mean you you have to figure out who you're attracted to. who are you attracted to is what is my question well no i'm saying like who would be attracted to us see no but i asked the question and that was not the intent behind the question the intent behind the question was who would you be attracted to Oh, who would I be yeah, attracted to? Yeah, the guy to? who takes care of themselves, or like the guys that have a vagina, probably. 
that's the one I'd be attracted to, too. I'm glad we've right. talked about this. Next caller. Next caller. It's uh, What's going on, fellas? Just yeah. calling to say I love the show. This is uh, Matt from Greensboro, North Carolina. All the way on the other side of the country. Um, it's Colin. Say I love the, love the show. Love you guys. I hope you do. Um, guys, a really badass movie called Dead and Buried. Mm. It has one of the greatest needle to the eye scenes yeah. in movie history. Maybe you guys have seen it. I'm not a Patreon member. Um, bills are tight, fellas. So I can't really do that right now. Maybe one of these days. But Dead and Buried is what it's called. Hopefully you get to that one. But uh, keep up the good work. Uh, happy new year all right happy new year matt from north carolina dead and buried from 1981 have not seen it um and by the way the, all those reviews that i mentioned earlier that are on our patreon they are at the 25 dollar level but here's a cool thing you can do you can hop on that 25 dollar level for a month listen to those 23 or 4 reviews that i mentioned and then just Pair your Patreon level down um, and just have access to the Afterpods and all the other cool stuff we got over there. No, I, this looks like a pretty cool movie. I think. You know, I got to say, my go-to for needle-in-the-eye horror mm -hmm. has got to be Fire in the Sky. Oof. Yeah. And I think, wow. actually, I mean, I'm looking at the, the still from Dead and Buried, and I'm like, oh, they must... Fire in the Sky must have, like stolen it from this because it's very close um fire in the sky is tells the story of an alien abduction and they don't they don't have a fun time robert england is in dead and buried wow Damn. crazy all Dude, right did you Next hear lisa marie presley died no crazy dude do you i remember in the 90s when she was Going out with Michael Jackson, she... She's married to him. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, she was the prettiest person I had ever seen. I was like, wow, you are so gorgeous. Um, I just remember thinking that as a child and being like, hmm, she's hot. Next call. Next caller. Hey, this is Sam from Indianapolis. Uh, I haven't called and talked to you guys in a while. I'm sure you're worried as hell. I've just had a lot going on. Recently got married. Thanks for your congratulations. That's nice of you and all. Uh, noticed you didn't get anything off the registry, but that's that's cool. Uh, for my call is uh, I saw Megan last night, and I'm sure by the time you guys get around to listening to this voicemail, it'll been out for like three months or so. But it's cool. Mm. I just wanted to get ahead of the curve here and uh, say Megan was surprisingly good. I uh, I went into it really expecting uh, another malignant, but uh, it's one of those movies that's like self-aware to the point that the humor works. Uh, I really think if they would have approached Malignant the same way they approached Megan, uh, it would have been a much better movie. Uh, but also, I also love how it ends with uh, what I've coined the uh, robotomy. So uh, if you guys say that on the podcast, just know I said it first. Uh, love you guys. Bye-bye. Robotomy. Robotomy. And he did say it first. <clears throat> um yeah, well, uh, hey, Sam from Indianapolis, congratulations on getting married. Um, we yeah, the the thing off your registry is in the mail. Whoa! Yeah, it must have got lost yeah. in the mail. I'll I'll go check the tracking number. You know, Malignant is somehow became 
iconic. Mm-hmm. It's people talk about it constantly, constantly. For what a I, fucking. I might have to revisit it because I, I think we. I bagged on it pretty hard. It was terrible, Bryce. Don't, do not. I mean, I I think this this movie kind of confirms where it's like. Yeah, it's they're kind of clumsy. They they don't quite commit to what the tone needs to be. You know, it's uh, crazy to me. Okay, you, here's here's here here. Okay, here's a crazy thing to me. James, Wan, if you compare James Wan and uh, and uh, M Night Shyamalan, it's crazy to me that 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 James Wan hasn't had the fall from grace that Shyamalan had because Shyamalan is a much better storyteller, much more talented, much more interesting, much more fun, uh, stuff in my opinion, obviously. Uh, and, 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 but I don't know, like some people like the happening happened and then people were like Shyamalan can all he can make is shit. And it's like, but but James Wan just gets to continually make these low effort like eh, we're gonna try and do Saw again somehow. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying exactly, but there's something there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next call. I loved his direction on Aquaman. Shyamalan? Oh, Wan? James Wan. Okay. Hey, this is Tyler calling from uh, Minnesota. Uh, Listening to old episodes and uh, just watched and listened to the review for Candyman uh, remake and the uh, opening song that uh, Bryce sang, the Candyman song. Uh, listening at work and I laughed so hard I damn near fell off my ladder. So uh, thank you for that. You're welcome, Bryce. You're very talented. I know. Oh. Okay, yeah, p- play this next one. I'm going to I'm going to try and pull something up. All right. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> no. Here we go. Hey, it's Robert the Farter. I just wanted to tell you guys about this trip that I went on a little while ago. I went out to Astoria, Oregon, and I visited the set of The Goonies with my family and it was really cool. And I got to see the Goonies' house and the beach where they filmed some scenes like Haystack Rock. And it was just really cool. Um, I also got to um, see, I saw Corey Feldman once at Fanex, Salt Lake City, which was really cool. But, like, just what a what an amazing movie Goonies is. Like, I hate <clears throat> just more, just more proof, more proof that Steven Spielberg is a great director, and the people who say that they don't are stupid. Okay, bye. I don't think that Goonies was actually directed by Steven Spielberg. Senior Spielbergo. Um, <clears throat> it was directed by Richard Donner. Right. Yeah. No, it was one of those ones that had Spiel. You know. Yeah, Spielberg. Yeah, it was pr- it was produced. It was the story by Steven Spielberg, but it was directed by Richard Donner, which is another under under appreciated director, in my opinion. That was our boy Robert the Farter. We love him. Um, but 
<clears throat> something, you can't blindside me with this with this image. Where where did this come something, from? Something okay. So this is so this just adds to my love of Robert, uh, which is he is he's a pretty talented artist, um, and he has a real unique style. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see what's going on right now. Robert uh, wrote us a real nice message um, <clears throat> that was had to do with like being like, "Hey guys, I know you moved up, you're far apart now, but." Your friendship will endure because you're good friends, and I drew this portrait of you two as friends. And uh, and here's this portrait, and it's almost like the level of it's pretty good. It's pretty say. fucking good. And but it's kind of like a Beavis and Butthead. It is, yeah. Did it give you uh, Beavis and Butthead vibes? It, I mean, the likeness is astounding. It's I think dead this, on. The, the scale is a little off. Like, yeah, I'm a, I should be I'm, twice as big. Well, I'm um, a sh- I'm I'm shorter than you, right? Yeah, but if we're both you know, sitting down, I mean, it tells you, you know, this this tells you, in our listeners' eyes, your stature is higher. You know, well, I mean, when you're sitting down, and 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 all that people have to go off of is, uh, you know, this, you know, yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm astounded. Isn't it great? Man. But the, but to add to the best part of this whole thing is Robert doesn't have his own Instagram account, so I get these messages and these drawings from his mom's Instagram account. <laughs> so it's fucking it's so confounding to me because I'm like, who, who is this? And he's like, I love you, and I just drew you this picture, and it's from this gal named Olivia. And I'm like, what is that? Oh, and then I have to remember, oh yeah, Robert sends us via, you know, his, um, dude, that should be our Facebook background. Now. I I agree (laughs) completely. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. This is, that's one of my most cherished. um, (laughs) Thank you so much, Robert. Yeah, no kidding. I'm flattered. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's almost as good as that painting that was sent to us oh man i i have that yeah my wife won't is... let me put it even in the garage what <laughs> dude yeah if you guys want to send us um you know fan mail or anything like that we do accept that you just gotta hit us up at info at horrormovietalk.com and then we'll vet you as a serial killer or not and uh... um yeah do you have that painting in your garage? It's, you, should, you should just pull it out. Yeah, it's somewhere. I don't have it on hand. Oh. Uh, okay, thanks for calling in, Robert. Um, Next caller. Yeah, the Goonies house in the story is, is a oh, yeah. known issue. I think they just recently sold yeah, it. Yeah, it sold for like $1.6 <clears throat> which is um, – that's an impressive price in Astoria. Uh, Astoria is – kind of on a on its way out kind of town right now but um it's a it's a very quaint cute town like yeah it's very picturesque i mean it looks i mean just watch goonies yeah you'll see what a story it looks still like. looks like that hey yeah robert the farter um just going in to say yes i definitely am an old fool just by like what type of music and what type of movies i like also went back and watched arachnophobia and is it just me or is that movie still like super effective because to me it was and yeah also have i'm really happy right now 
was checking Netflix, just scrolling through Netflix, saw that The Burbs was on Netflix now, which is awesome. And I'm surprised you guys haven't reviewed The Burbs yet. So any, um, so so if there are anybody out there listening, anybody who loves The Burbs, I would recommend that for one you guys should review. Okay, thanks. Anyways, to Robert the Fart. Yes. Yeah, actually, yeah, we didn't we didn't review the burbs. We put an intense amount of effort into a live showing of the burbs, and then we never recorded an episode around it. Yeah, yeah, accurate. About we a year did, ago. What did we do? There? So we did the burbs, the fly, the exorcist, and Hereditary. what was the other one? Hereditary. Yeah. So yeah, the only one we don't have a review of is the burbs. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, no. Um, we did watch it. It is a great, uh, a great movie. Um, oh man, man. Uh, yeah, I watched Arachnophobia. I rewatched Arachnophobia about a year ago. Um, it, yeah, it is a f- fabulously effective movie. I, I like. I I love it. I I truly love it. Those spiders. Um, the real life spiders that they got to dance around. It was just so much fun. And, uh, and by the way, like, I feel like arachnophobia has, has one of the coolest intros. Like they put real effort into the intros on, into the intro on arachnophobia. It's almost a different movie. Um, because a lot of the movie feels a little bit like a soundstage. And then some of the movie feels like Jurassic fucking park. Um, so it's, it's a very cool old, older, you know, what is that? 89, um, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges. No, no, uh, no, um, no, it's, uh, the guy from dumb and dumber. Yeah. Dumb and dumber. It? Yeah. What, what, is it? God, what is his fucking name? Arachnophobia 1990. Jeff, Jeff Daniels, Daniels. My name is Jeff. Um, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good. I started Parenthood last night. All of these are, you know, Parenthood, The Burbs, Arachnophobia, all right around 90, 89, 90. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time to be making movies. It was a fun. I showed my kids the uh, the Three Amigos. Oh, yeah. Finally. That's a great, great movie to, like, get younger kids into comedy sometimes i i watch these kevin nealon hiking oh yeah videos you know where he hikes with a famous person and uh and uh he takes martin short on a hike and that is so like it's like normally you get people who are happy to be there and martin short is doesn't seem happy to be there and rips Kevin Nealon apart. Like it, it is almost cruel in his, uh, in, in like, it's, it's like, Whoa, you know, like Jesus Christ, you can be a fucking stone cold mean person. Like, uh, almost. <laughs> no, that's, that's definitely on brand for Martin. Short. It is like he's, he's a huge troll and it is, but like, yeah, no, look, I big Martin short fan. I've seen a lot of his stuff. It it just doesn't quite, it just doesn't quite, it doesn't even, 
you know, Kevin's one of these guys who gives it, you know, too. But even then, uh-huh. it felt a little bit like, Whoa, where is this coming from? He, it felt like he was irritated because at the start, like he's late or something like that. He's like, you know, we're not going to be or something. I can't remember exactly what happened, but it feels like he does not want to be there. Um, mm. It felt off, you know, hmm. um, but that could have just been the genius of Martin Short, you know. So <laughs> who knows? Um, OK, oh. another long one from Beyond the Grave. I, I did it. I did it. I beat the odds. Everyone was against me. It's it's beyond the grave. I'm alive. I came back again. Um, I'm I'm calling about. I got a double feature of Anya Thomas, Taylor Johnson, JTT Joy. Um, what the f- Anya Taylor Thomas, Justin Taylor Thomas, her. You know, yeah. the Queen Gambit. Yeah. I saw the menu. The Gambit. And I also saw Last Night in Soho, mm-hmm. which. I think Last Night in Soho is the closest thing I'm ever going to get to a Bell Jar adaptation to screen in my lifetime or anyone's. But the menu, interesting you guys said about Emma Stone that apparently she was slated to be that character in the movie. And then they said, eyes too close, further eyes out, get that girl in. They got her in. But that menu, what what a fun time! What's so funny? Here's another broken emulsion. Um, this this uh, service industry horror. It I feel like it would be interesting to have because I feel like she was kind of scaring the guy because she was being kind of rude to the chef, which I'm like that's always really terrifying and like humiliating when like you're out with someone somewhere and they're rude to the wait staff. Mm. But then she's like, well, we're fucking paying for it. I can get whatever the fuck I want. And I said, oh, that's that's that sex worker playing smart business card right there. Hmm. Um, I was going to say I was thinking, well, how come there's no big fat people in this movie eating? But then I was like, would the audience be like, that's just fat phobic for him to be like, you have a big fat person eating mindlessly. Mm. But I guess that old man was kind of that character. So I don't know. Maybe that just proves you don't need fat people to explain that. But I, I hear, I listen, I'm always advocating for more fat people in film. Let's start there. Let's end there. Let's put it in the middle there. I... I want to end it with, I want, I would like an apology from everyone uh, for being the person who would think it was a good idea to order, like, chicken nuggets at a nice place, because in the end, that that would have saved everyone, you know, can I get a good burger, can I get some good chicky nuggies, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye. I love him. He's he's great. Um, yeah, I don't know. You can't barely do anything. You can't even fart funny anymore without having somebody be upset about it. And I think everybody have, feels like they have a right to be like they have a right to be upset and they have a right to be heard uh, because the Internet gives you some sort of false sense of uh, importance. Um, the good news is we're not important at all. 
so you, that's how you know you can trust the words coming out of our mouths. Um, I don't would, know. It? Did, would it be? Would it? Be, would it have been a fat phobic to have a fat person in a restaurant, or would it have just See, been another slice of America being at a restaurant? You know, like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, see, talking as a fat person, like, uh, we don't like food necessarily. We're not foodies. We just like eating. So it's like, why would I spend a thousand dollars to eat five beat five bites of food, or if I could just go to KFC and get a bucket, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's that special recipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tried and true, uh, technically. You know, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't care. I, to be honest with you, I. Yeah, if, if you if you if you if you're the kind of person to be like a fat person at a restaurant, really, are we doing this? It's like, <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> I see every kind of person at restaurants uh, because that's where people go to eat. Uh, right. So, shut up. All right. Last caller. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Nicole Loftus from Minamar, Florida. I would like for you to do a request for me on May 18th, my birthday. I'm turning 33 this year. If you can keep, please do 1998 Urban Legends starring Michael Wilsonbaum, Robert England, and so on. So you please do that movie. That would be a great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. Yeah, it's the first request we direct request we've had on the voicemail. Yeah, isn't that crazy kind of that crazy. we've made it so long without having any anybody be like, "Can you?" Um, yeah. So, what do you think? Can we do that for her? <laughs> it's on the list. Yeah, um, yeah. It won't be May eighteenth. It'll. I mean, it may be May eighteenth. Uh, there's so 2033. many twenty thirty three. Yeah, there's so many requests. Like, do you still think of? I, I honestly still think of a request from Jessica. Puka. I think about Puka. it all the time. I Jessica. think about it all the time. Like, Je- Jessica, we're going to get to Puka someday. I'm so sorry. And then every week it's like... Not Puka this week. Not Puka. <laughs> <laughs> Four years if, later, not still not Puka. I think it's if just had anyone a has, If anyone has a claim on, like, us doing a listener request, Jessica definitely... I think she... Was maybe the second mm-hmm. or third patron, mm-hmm. yeah, and that was like literally. It's still like fuck you. <laughs> her her only request was Puka. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Uh, so this is actually yeah. Uh, for, first of all, Nicole, uh, I hope you have a very happy birthday. Um, it sounds like you're young and vibrant at 33 years old. So congratulations on still having a couple years left uh, where you can enjoy not hurting. Uh, but that's nice. Um, but, but unfortunately, unless you're a, a, a patron who can vote, which is the $15 tier, this whole episode is just a big Patreon commercial. Uh, then, uh, then you don't have any influence over the kind of movie or what movie we're going to review. Um, yeah, this month they thankfully voted on, they just squeaked by. We don't have to review small soldiers. It's going to be House of a Thousand Corpses. And who knows when that'll actually come out. That'll come out on Patreon right after we record it. But I don't know when it'll come out on the uh, on the actual. Yeah, what did we uh, we did? We've got a recording for audition. Mm. We did it last month, but it 
it came out it hasn't on been released to the public no. it's just if you're a patron yeah. that voted for it you've listened to it right anyways yeah. yeah i mean honestly we do one movie uh, a week a week yeah. 52 weeks in the year and we have thousands of listeners now if not more i don't know and uh so it's just not gonna happen i'm sorry well it goes on list unless you're a patron and you vote on it and campaign for it it goes on a list which is to say it definitely doesn't go on any list at all (laughs) 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 all right everybody (laughs) well it's on my shopping list right next to Two later, cow cow. Two later, cow cow. Well, with that, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to our very, uh, very good episode. Very, very good episode very good. of Horror Movie Talk. Quite good. Quite good. Um, share it with a friend. You know, support us as best you can. You can go to horrormovietalk.com, buy stuff, become a patron, or shop on Amazon through that Amazon link. Um, click that link, and then anything you buy on Amazon. A little bit of that goes to us, and that helps us out. It does help us out. So uh, do it. Special thanks to all y'all listening. We appreciate you. And, um, you know, it is... It is Wednesday, my dudes. So... <laughs> make sure to have a good rest of your week, and we will see you next Wednesday, my dudes. Um, bye-bye. We love you. Bye. Do you have that outro? I don't know if I have it. Yes. Oh, okay. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. There's so much stuff in a scraggly wood. He had no face. Horror. Wow, that didn't sound good. Is ready. Morning, ready.